What does Suenito mean? Suenito? It means little dream. That's it? No story? All right, all right, everybody sit down, sit down. It's a story of a block that was disappearing. In un barrio called Washington Heights, the streets were made of music. I am Usnavian. You probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. Morning, Usnavi. Pan caliente, cafe con leche. On these blocks, you can't walk two steps without bumping into someone's big plan. I'm making moves, I'm making deals, but guess what? What? You still ain't got no skills. <laughs> A dream isn't some sparkly diamond. There's no shortcuts. Sometimes it's rough. I'm a street light choking on the heat. They're talking about kicking out all the dreamers. But every day is different, so it's time to make some noise. We had to assert our dignity in small ways. We came to work and to live, and we got a lot in common. and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rookrout. And today we will be talking about the movie-going event of the summer, In the Heights. I really love this movie. I just saw it yesterday and I'm really excited to one, talk about it and two, hopefully rewatch it really soon. It was so exciting to see this in a theater. We always talk now about like what it's like to be back in the movie theater, but in this case, I was like Jean Smart and Hacks and got my giant Fountain Diet Coke and <laughs> was just fully enjoying my experience with this crowd again, who was also very into this movie, which definitely added to my experience. But the benefit of it being on HBO Max is that we can watch it whenever we want now. I don't know if every screening had this, but we had this really corny intro from John Chu, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Kiara Alegria Hudes, the writer, welcoming everybody back to the theater and thanking us for coming. And then there was this added, like, thank you for coming to the movies. It was like, okay, we get it. Just, like, play the movie. <laughs> I wonder if those are going to be the norm now, because I also had that for A Quiet Place too with John Krasinski. Just, like, welcome back to the movies. I'm like, thank you so much for personally thanking me for being at the screening. But I think this movie more than any that I've seen so far this year, really taps into that need Mm -hmm. to be around other people again, to celebrate in community, and to just have a fun movie-going experience. That's definitely a trend I think we're going to be seeing. I remember thinking the same thing when I saw Dream Horse, (laughs) which... Very different vibe, but it was like this uplifting story, kind of easygoing, but just like Mm -hmm. a fun watch and happy, left you feeling hopeful for the future. And In the Heights definitely did that too. 
So I think just off the bat, we both really recommend everybody go see In the Heights. We're going to do a full deep dive here. Also, likely spoilers, so just beware. Quick description, though, before we start. In the Heights is a film version of the Broadway musical in which Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. It's based on the musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, directed by John M. Chu, and stars Anthony Ramos, Melissa Berrera, Olga Meredis, Jimmy Smith, Leslie Grace, Corey Hawkins, Daphne Rubin Vega, and many more. So when this was a stage show and it was on Broadway, it was nominated for 13 Tonys and won four, including Best Musical. And I went back and watched like some of the acceptance speeches from then, and mm-hmm. there was a really great speech by Lin-Manuel Miranda when he won Best Original Score. So oh. go to YouTube and definitely watch that one because it was really cute, I thought. I feel like they look so young, too. Lin looks so young in this it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) and before we dive into the movie specifically it is interesting to think about this movie coming out this year when we also have west side story coming out Mm -hmm. later in the year which of course is a remake west side story has been around forever but lin-manuel miranda loves west side story but he was really inspired by the fact that He said for a Puerto Rican, West Side Story was really the only thing that was there. And he thought, okay, we need something more. We need something else. So it kind of inspired him to pivot and to create In the Heights, which is this more joyous celebration of community as opposed Mm -hmm. to being a story about gang violence ultimately. So I do think it's interesting that both of these will come out this year and possibly have competing Oscar narratives too. Yeah, and it's also... a. Big year for Lynn. We've talked about this before. We got the Tick, Tick, Boom trailer this week. So lots of Lynn content. And we will get into more of West Side Story, too. I have some comments about that. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) I think generally getting into In the Heights, what did you like about this movie? So I've been wanting to see this movie since the first trailer came out, like, early 2020. And I think that is still, like, one of my favorite trailers of the past couple years It looked so fun and entertaining, lots of music, and that's exactly what I got in this movie. I was just enjoying every moment. I had to like stop from dancing in my seat because Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody else was really, but it felt so electric and like you were a part of this community. And I think learning about the characters and what they feel for this space and each other, I think was just so inviting and charming. Yeah, it really, I think, felt like a celebration. The people who were on screen were just having so much fun the entire time. The Mm -hmm. colors were so vibrant. The choreography was really Mm -hmm. fun. And I just love these songs. I've listened to the soundtrack from the original Broadway cast for a while. So I was very excited for this. And we'll definitely talk about some of the changes that they made from Mm -hmm. the show to the movie but this was one I also was so excited for and it definitely lived up to my expectations for what a 21st century like movie musical should be like. This is probably one of my favorite movie musical adaptations in a really long time. We had the prom last year which was such a disappointment. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we also had Hamilton, which was, I think, a little bit different. And I think starting off with like why I really liked it, the opening number really reminded me of the opening to La La Land and Another mm-hmm. Day of Sun. It kind of throws you in there, lots of choreography, and then it ends with the big title card of In the Heights. And I think this did a really good job of introducing us to everybody, too. Mm-hmm. I think, too, just thinking about individual performers, I like how the opening number really, like you said, kind of introduced us to a lot of the characters, but also showed Anthony Ramos's star power as Usnavi. Mm-hmm. He had so much charisma. He was so cute, so funny the whole time. I just I really loved him in this. And then, of course, having the awards-minded brain that I do, which is frustrating at times because I thought to myself, if we had the Golden Globes this year, this like very well could be our best actor mm-hmm. in a musical or comedy winner. <laughs> this is absolutely a Golden Globes film. And I think it definitely would have nominated it in a few places. Mm-hmm. I really wish we could nominate choreography because that was just like outstanding to me. You could definitely see the Busby Berkeley influence on the choreography with those pool shots and having the symmetry there looking like a kaleidoscope. I thought that was really neat how they did that. I can maybe say this now. I still had some issues with the direction. I thought some of it was good, but I am so partial to those 60s musicals Mm -hmm. of how they're staged that some of the direction and specifically the editing was still hard for me. And I, I wanted them to capture the choreography, I think, in a different way at times. So if we're thinking about Usnavi, Vanessa, Benny, and Nina, who did you like the best? What did you think of those four? I think out of the four leads, I would say Nina was my favorite and or most talented. I think the movie to me did this weird thing of like highlighting her, but also making her a clear supporting actress. I just had this weird feeling where I liked a lot of her songs and what they were doing with her, but also felt like her and Benny, for example, were kind of on the back burner. Yeah. Who did you like the most? I think I liked Corey Hawkins as Benny the most. I think that Nina is the most interesting of the four characters. Mm -hmm. I just wanted more for her. And I think part of that is hearing about and also just knowing from listening to the music how she is in the stage adaptation. But I thought that Benny was great. I thought that Corey Hawkins had a great voice. I'm very excited for him to play Macduff in The Tragedy of Macbeth and see what else he gives us this year. But I do agree with you that I felt like, well, Nina had this really compelling story specifically about her identity as a Latina woman at Stanford, right? In this completely different environment, what home means to her, and then coming back to Washington Heights and everything that went along with that. I thought that was such a compelling story, but then her romance with Benny, to me, felt totally tacked on at times. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that it was edited or just the story, how it flowed, I was like, okay, now we're back here again. What's happening here? Why did they include this? Did they just kind of need two romance plots to try to keep us interested? But I was always excited when it would come to them because I wanted to hear both of them sing. Mm -hmm. But I just found myself a little lost on their relationship at times. I don't know if it was trying to feature everybody almost as a lead. So it's like we're going back and forth so much. Or I know that they had cut some songs from the stage adaptation and specifically one of Nina and Benny's songs. So I don't know if that's why it also felt a little disconnected. But I think to me, Vanessa is 
like the lead actress of the bunch. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. I think it's helpful maybe to talk a little bit about Nina's changes from the show here and why we're maybe mm-hmm. talking about this in this way. First of all, thank you to our Broadway-minded friends, Connor and Dylan McDowell of the Drama Podcast, for helping me along with some of this. So in the stage show, Nina had a mom, and Usnavi and Nina were the two kind of leads, Mm -hmm. which I think makes total sense. I wanted that in the movie, but it was very clear that they, I think, wanted it to be more about Usnavi's dream of like going back to the DR, but also his effect on the people around him in Washington Heights, and then his romance with Vanessa. I get why they focused more on that storyline, but I could see, I think, the skeleton of a great character in Nina, and I just, I wanted more, and I don't quite understand the choice to get rid of her mom. Had she passed away in the movie, or were the parents separated? They didn't really go into this, but I feel like the dad at one point made a comment I think early on in the diner when Nina is saying the deadline is passed for school. Yeah, it's interesting because in the movie, her mom dies, which again, I just I'm confused about why that happens and why she doesn't have a mother figure when she's a character in the musical. Or why they made the changes that they did. But I think the first thing that really got to me (laughs) in my like first cry session of the movie was that this whole community is really relying on Nina as the one who got out and is successful. But I did like seeing, you know, how she is struggling in that realm too and having trouble at Stanford and not feeling like she really fits in anywhere. Yeah, and I like how they showed the little girl. Mm -hmm. Usually when Nina was singing her songs or when she was having these more contemplative moments and you would see this little girl and you could think either that was... Nina as a child, like she's seeing this old version of herself or she's seeing a future version Mm -hmm. of herself, like another little girl who is inspired by her. I think you can read it both ways. And just again, what that means for her and the weight on her shoulders. And this is again why I just thought she had the makings of such an interesting character. I just wanted her to be more at the center. Whereas Vanessa, I get it. She's more of like a romantic Mm -hmm. lead. But I didn't find her as compelling as Nina. And then if we think about supporting characters, so any of the other characters in the ensemble, who did you like the best? I would say my favorite was Sonny, partly because Mm -hmm. of his story that gets told later on in the movie, but Mm -hmm. also because he was just like this fun young character. I loved his part in 96,000. And he's also this kind of comic relief in the movie. Like he goes up to Vanessa and kind of asks her out for Usnavi. And he ends up being this nice counterpart to Usnavi in the bodega. I loved him. I thought he was great. He brought so much comic relief to a lot of the scenes. Not that we needed a lot of that. And then I think knowing the additional plot point of what he's going through Mm -hmm the sense of humor that he has and how hard of a worker he is that all just I think his performance makes it hit a lot harder like when you do find out that he's undocumented Mm -hmm. I really liked how they added in this dialogue of Daka and the dreamers because this wasn't in the initial stage version but I think it works really really well here Mm -hmm. I think too how it ties in with the lottery plot 
it does make a lot of sense and we can get there for sure. I really loved Daphne Rubin Vega as Daniela. I thought she was wonderful. And I think anytime she was on screen, I wanted to know what she was doing. I wanted to know what she was thinking. And in a similar way to Sunny, I thought that she brought a lot of comedy to scenes Mm -hmm. where we might have Vanessa, who's really stressed about like trying to get this apartment or we might have Nina like focusing on coming back home and what Stanford means. We always had this Daniela character there to bring Mm -hmm. a little bit of levity and keep that energy up that we wanted. I thought that whole beauty salon group was funny along with Daniela was Stephanie Beatrice playing Carla and then also Dasha Polanco playing Kuka. I loved when Carla opens the lottery ticket and they're really hoping it's hers and she just like stomps away. And then especially with Daniela when she starts the Carnival de Barrio song, there's so much energy and I love mm-hmm. seeing that. Speaking of the salon, we also have to mention that Valentina was in this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was really surprised to see her. I mean, she only had one line, but Rue is just really capitalizing on getting in on all of these movies. I know. And we have because we always bring up A Star is Born, we have a nice little connect yes. here because Anthony Ramos was also in A Star is Born where there are other Rue girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was in that for a sec. So speaking of supporting performers, how did you feel about Olga Merides? We talked about her very briefly on our early Oscar predictions mm-hmm. episode. What did you think of her performance as Abuela Claudia? I thought she did a good job. I think from hearing about all of this potential buzz for her I was expecting a bigger role and Mm -hmm. yes she finally got her song towards the end but I was like oh I was kind of expecting more I think she was wonderful as the abuela and I think that she was one of the only people reprising her role from the Broadway musical what did you think of her I thought she was great I like you I think because of the early buzz was expecting more Not more from her per se, but like Mm -hmm. just a larger or more substantial part. That being said, I do think that without Nina's mom in the mix, yes, we had Daniela, but Abuela really is the central mother figure Mm -hmm. to the characters in the story. So I think that definitely boosted her role a little bit. But also her song, Paciencia y Fe, was so good. I thought it was one of the strongest moments of the movie In addition to her performance, the production design in that scene I thought Mm -hmm. was fantastic. And her having that big moment, if we're looking back at, you know, past musical performances that have won, you think of like Anne Hathaway and Les Mis, and she just had one big song and that was it. She was also Anne Hathaway, which probably helped in a Best Picture nominee. We're not there yet. But I will say, I'm not going to count her out yet because... I do think this song was really, really powerful and made me like fully burst into tears at multiple parts of it. Because I do think her role in that song specifically kind of hits the vein directly of what the characters are going through at their core, which is thinking about their dreams, thinking about where their lives are going. But the mm-hmm. big difference is that they're young. They have these dreams and they have time. And she doesn't have time. Mm-hmm. I think thinking about that now, especially, you know, after the year that we've had, it just like really hit me when she says like, and now I'm wide awake a million years too late. 
I mean, it's just a gut Mm -hmm. punch. You think about what people go through and especially immigrants coming to our country and the dreams that they have and the work that they put in and everything they go through. And then, you know, what, what are their dreams? How do they come true? It's, it's a lot. It really hit me hard. So I can see it connecting with a lot of people. Yeah, I can really vividly remember like her being on the subway car saying, you know, we saw New York, we knew there was work. So we came, days turned into years. And just imagining what she went through, or this experience that so many have gone through in either immigrating or moving and like even just getting by and everything she sings about of, you know, not feeling like she could fit in and me being able to see or understand from this other perspective. And I think that is also what hit me. It was just like, Mm -hmm. you know, the struggle, the constant struggle of trying to live and feel a part of something. And that's why this community is so powerful in Washington Heights. And I loved too how in that song, you know, she, she's talking to her mom at parts, like her mom who has passed away. And she's, you know, saying like, I've spent my whole life inheriting dreams from you. And you know that she's going to pass the dreams that she has on to all the people in this community who obviously were so touched by her. And they mentioned several times, like she doesn't have children, but that these are her children and they're going to inherit her dreams, which I thought was a really beautiful touch. And what I liked about this song and what I liked about a lot of the other songs was that they stress the specific ethnicities of the characters Uznabi's family being from the DR, Abuela is Cuban. They really stress this, that Mm -hmm. the Latinx community in Washington Heights is not a monolith. They have many different identities and many different cultures that they bring together to make this community just so much richer, Mm -hmm. which I loved. I love that they pointed that out. So if you had to pick one or two songs that you really liked the most, which ones would you pick? I would say Carnival del Barrio and... Breathe from Nina in the beginning. What would your two be? Even though I can't stop saying Piragua now. Oh my God. Piragua was, <laughs> especially just because, well, we can talk about that really quickly. That was Lynn Manuel Miranda's part in the movie. He didn't want to be in the movie at all. Well, they almost cut all of that right. character. That was how they convinced him to be in it. And that whole side plot between him and the Mr. Softy guy who was played by Christopher Jackson, who was in Hamilton as George Washington. So a lot of parallels going on. And mm-hmm. there was an after credit scene. Did you see that? I did. I, I was heard like about walking it, so I out. Back. <laughs> and then I, like, I just stopped and was like, okay. <laughs> it was cute. It was just it was, between yeah. them again. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Jackson was Benny in the Broadway version right, of In the okay. Heights. So it was a nice little callback to that. I think song-wise for me, also Carnival de Barrio. And I mean, 96,000 is like an easy choice just because it was so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I do usually like the bigger numbers, but... The finale, for some reason, made me sob. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Yeah, when the It's a Wonderful Life lyric comes up, I just sob because it just makes me think of the ending of that movie and the connection there. I Mm -hmm. really, really love. So we've already talked about a couple of the changes from the stage version. What other ones really stood out to you? I would say the lottery ticket because in the show, it's a part of Carnival del Barrio. And Hmm. in the movie, they really kind of save it. Mm -hmm. 
and it's intertwined with this DACA plot, getting Sonny his green card, getting him representation. That is how Usnavi wants to use the money. Overall, I think it made sense, and it also makes the champagne song like much more high stakes weirdly like he just finds out that he has this lottery ticket this winning Mm -hmm. ticket and then vanessa just shows up it kind of halted everything for me and put me in this really weird place where i was like i don't really know what to do with any of this information which we can maybe get to some issues that we had with the movie later on but i did think it was a little bit odd that they structured it that way Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? Go cash that lottery ticket. Yeah, I was like, this girl is great, but she'll be there. Yeah, (laughs) go get the money. Oh my gosh. Another moment that I read about was during the song 96,000, there's a lyric that goes, Tiger Woods and I on the links and he's my caddy. But they had changed Tiger Woods from Donald Trump. So Lynn said Mm -hmm. in an interview, when I wrote it, Trump was an avatar for the Monopoly man. He was just like a famous rich person. Then when time moves on and he becomes the stain on American democracy, time made a fool of that lyric. And so we changed it. And I think that was (laughs) such a fitting, cutting answer Mm -hmm. to this. And I think, you know, he it works really well. Yeah, I fully understand that change and also think that like knowing the change is super interesting considering mm-hmm. like the differences yeah. between Donald Trump and Tiger Woods. Another moment where my theater fully gasped, which was really funny, was that Sonny's dad was played by Mark Anthony. I didn't love this, but go on. <laughs> well, people in my theater, honestly, myself included, I didn't know he was in this movie before seeing it. Mm-mm. So when he appears, at first I thought to myself, is that Mark Anthony? Like it looked a lot like him, but I thought, no, but then other people in my theater, when they also saw him, they gasped and started kind of like whispering and talking, (laughs) which is just like, you know, the perks of being back in a theater with a crowd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought, okay, that is him. I wanted more interaction. I had a pretty boring theater. Like when the Mm. movie started and when the intro ended, I almost found myself clapping. (laughs) I was so into it and not a peep. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I was like snapping throughout. (laughs) You should have been in my theater. There were a few people who were trying so hard not to sing along. People were clapping and snapping their fingers. Most of my theater started clapping at the end, like standing ovation clapping like we were at a film festival. I wanted to. I think I'm going to have to go up to Harlem, which is the most uptown theater, and go see it again and hope for a more active audience. And they cut seven of the songs. Did you miss them or notice their absence? I did notice them, but I have to say, like, I I was trying to go into this and not overthink all the differences, Mm -hmm. but... I don't think the movie really suffered by cutting some of these songs or honestly cutting some of these characters. I think it was overall pretty successful. Just interesting why they chose to do it that way. And then getting into parts that didn't work for you, were there any? I had a hard time with the editing, I have to admit. And part of it is because it is a movie musical and 
they were focusing a lot on the choreography, but I found it to be mm-hmm. a case where we had a lot of editing, a lot of cuts, and I was paying a lot of attention to that, and that was challenging for me. In addition to some of the pacing issues, I will point out that I have this issue with quite a few musicals where the first half, I'm so into it, I am fully engaged, and then at the second half, I kind of start to dip out a little bit where I'm Mm -hmm. kind of losing interest and I needed to pick up the pace again. So mm-hmm. I definitely did feel that here. I felt this dip in the middle. I like almost dozed off, <laughs> which is bad. <laughs> I was trying to remember because I couldn't remember even though this was yesterday. It was kind of during the Nina and Benny song, When You're Home, before yes. the club and the blackout. And then kind of a little bit in Paciencia y Fe, but it like picks up towards the end of that song and then goes into Alabanza and then the carnival. So it didn't last long, but I mean, that's how musicals are for me too. Like the first act is always so, so strong. Like give me the first act of Wicked any day, but like I will leave at intermission. (laughs) Well, usually musicals do have that in the case of Wicked, like you pointed out. Defying Gravity is that last song before the intermission. Mm-hmm. And Lame is it's one day more. Like there usually is a huge song that ends the first mm-hmm. act. And then the intermission, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I need to keep the energy up. And I think it did kind of falter here a little bit. And I asked my friend who had seen it, like, where was the split? Because I couldn't feel a split in the movie. Because I feel like it could have been the blackout. It could have been the abuela passing away. But it felt almost like too late in the movie. Yeah. So this is like where that lottery part comes in. But it is blackout. After that, that's when the intermission happens. Okay. Yeah. So you were like right on. I mean, that's when you started to feel a little little. bit of a lag. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, the only other part that, again, wasn't bad. I just didn't understand it was when Nina and Benny were dancing on the side of the building. I knew when I watched it, I was like, Nick's going to hate this. (laughs) I just didn't get it. Like, Mm -hmm. of all of the special effects, like, there aren't that many in this movie, or at least not noticeable ones. Mm -hmm. So, like, why are we doing this now? And then, like, the kid's eating breakfast or whatever and sees them through his window. It just didn't fit to me. Yeah. It, to me... As listeners know, probably by now, we are La La Land people. Like, we do really like it. (laughs) I was thinking about in Planetarium when it kind of changes and you have to suspend your disbelief and they're Mm -hmm. levitating and dancing, like, through the sky. I was like, okay, that is kind of what I want and it's not this. Yeah. (laughs) So I agree. That part was hard for me, too. Otherwise, though, I don't have a ton of complaints. Like, it's really just a couple of little things here Mm -hmm. and there that are issues that I often do have with musicals, stage, or movie. And just getting into the Hamilton of it now, Mm -hmm. and this is not necessarily what I didn't like, but I think to me, Hamilton might be more iconic and have more memorable lines, but I think Mm -hmm. the music here was definitely more fun I was like actually dancing to it, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure I'm going to remember lines or like songs like I do with Hamilton. I think that you will. I think it will just take time. I think you just need to like listen to it a few more times and then it will because I do like the music to In the Heights more than Hamilton, but I mm-hmm. think that 
in the Heights, it's because it's warmer. And I think mm-hmm. that Hamilton, though, I do think Hamilton is sharper. Like, I love mm-hmm. the references in Hamilton and how smart it feels. And I also do feel the break in Hamilton, but there are a lot of songs in the second act that I really love. So I think it'll just take you some time, but you'll like it after a few more listens. I mean, we have been inundated with years of Hamilton being the number one musical mm-hmm. and the soundtracks being everywhere. So yeah. I get that. I'll, I'll give it time. There was a lot of like knowing Hamilton so well, a lot of feeling Lynn in this movie and in the music. I mean, there are probably a ton, but like it's quiet uptown. I could even feel vibes of certain songs throughout, apart from the actual instrumentals that they play on the phone call from one of King George's songs. There are a lot of similarities in the music. The songs in this musical, I find very similar to each other, but also to the songs in Hamilton. In particular, this is very specific for like Hamilton people, but in Benny's Dispatch, when Nina shows up, he says... It's good to see your face, which made me think of in Hamilton when he says that to Angelica in Take mm-hmm. a Break. I was like, wait, oh. where am I? Which <laughs> which musical <laughs> is this? <laughs> Crossover coming. Mm-hmm. He sings it the exact same way. And that's, again, probably Lynn's influence. So let's get into some awards potential. Now that we've seen this movie, what do we think of its awards chances? What categories or just singular category, do you think this has potential in? I think for a musical, obviously, the first thing to come to mind would be the music. The only chance for this here was the credit song Home All Summer, which features Mark Anthony. I don't feel too strongly about this, though, in actually getting a nomination. It's sad to say, but I don't think we're going to see this at the Oscars. Maybe, maybe in production design because of all of the sets and being on location in Washington Heights. But Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see acting or feel so, so strongly. Going back to Defy Bloods, I felt so strong about Delroy. And this is coming out about the same time, and he didn't even get in. So I think holding on to Olga maybe by a thread, but I'm maybe on the more pessimistic side (laughs) of potential. What about you? I also, like, don't feel great about its Oscar chances. I think Olga Meredith does have a chance to get into supporting actress, no doubt. It's so hard without the Golden Globes. I really think that this mm-hmm. will be challenging, too, because we have so many musicals coming out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how much traction or staying power this one will have. I do think that the people who are seeing it right now... It has an A cinema score. It's gotten great reviews from critics and from audiences. Mm -hmm. So I do think it has some potential places. I think that a key award that it could be nominated for is definitely SAG Ensemble. I think part of my issue is thinking about Oscar voters and them wanting maybe something more in drama. Musicals like this that are really just fun and enjoyable don't necessarily get in a lot at the Oscars. So that's where my hesitation is. I think the most challenging part here, and I think it's also part of the reason why it hasn't been as strong at the box office as people were projecting, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. is because most of the people in this film are unknowns or relatively unknown. 
You mm-hmm. don't have a big star in the lead role. And that, I think, is a barrier. If you are a musical or a movie that is more fun and a more like lighthearted summer film. I think with 10 slots this year, I think it's possible. I'm not going to rule it out by any means of mm-hmm. getting a Best Picture nomination. But... I do think it just the passion has to sustain itself. Like people have to go to theaters to see this. You really do. I think part of it, you know, it's on HBO Max too. And that could be part of the reason for its performance at the box office being lower this weekend. It brought in 11.4 million. According to Warner Brothers, it was projected to make between 15 to 20 million. So it's a bit under, but If people keep talking about it and saying how much they love it, more people could go see this movie and it could end up outperforming Mm -hmm. the expectations. And to be a Best Picture nominee and to be a musical and to be a popular film, you have to really hit hard. What could help this movie is to get a re-release in October and also do like a sing-along version (laughs) too in theaters. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit more about the other musicals coming in the game that we have planned But I do think, in comparison to how those trailers have seemed to me, this one still has a pretty good chance Mm -hmm. up against those. Yeah, I wouldn't count out for Best Picture either. I think with 10, there's potential. The amount of musicals coming out definitely is going to give it some competition. Mm -hmm. But I'm probably about 50-50 on picture right now. We'll see. We have a lot of time. (laughs) So if you could give this movie one Oscar, what would you give it? I would give it Best Production Design. So Nelson Coates is the production designer, and I thought he did a fantastic job. There's a great article in Variety that we can share on Twitter, link, and he talks about creating the bodegas and how important it was to Lin-Manuel Miranda that he looked at very specific locations to get the neighborhood exactly right. And I will point out that Nelson Coates is currently the president of the ADG, the Art Directors Guild. Mm. So he'd be very well respected in his field. Do you want to guess what the set designer Andrew Baseman also worked on? Hillbilly Elegy? Trial of Chicago 7. Oh, okay. And Mm. that almost got a production design nomination. It was Mm -hmm. really close. Yeah. So I think I would also give it in production design, not to be boring, but... (laughs) I feel like blocking has some sort of component to this as well in how they manage the space as a whole and within the frame. I wouldn't necessarily give it cinematography, but I like how this movie looked Mm -hmm. and it was really appealing to the eye based on colors and movements and in highlighting certain areas of the city. We didn't mention the Joker steps, but I also missed them in the movie. Oh my God, you did? I screamed. Like I let out a little shriek when I saw Vanessa walking down the Joker steps and the other character whose name I'm forgetting is doing his graffiti and I died. I really did. I like could feel Oh, that was when. Okay. Yes, that's when it happens. And I was like, those tips look familiar. And then (laughs) I was happy that Vanessa decided to reclaim those steps from (laughs) Arthur Fleck. So now we can call them the In the Heights steps. Yes. (laughs) So that's all we have for In the Heights. Now we're going to play a round of Nam or Bomb with movie musicals. As a reminder, nom means that you think this is a good movie. Bomb means you think it's bad. First up, The Prom. 
<laughs> Starting strong. <laughs> going with the bomb here. I'm also going with a bomb here. Les Mis. It's a bomb for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with bomb too. I do love Aaron Tveit. <laughs> there are parts. Yeah, yeah, it's a big film. It's just a lot. Next, Chicago. I'll say Nam here. I think this one's great. I'm also going to say Nam. Rock of Ages, which I haven't seen. I put this on here for Bomb specifically because this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in theaters. Do not recommend. (laughs) Did you see the musical? No. I just saw the movie, which has Tom Cruise in it. My whole family went for some reason. I have no idea why, but we all hated it. We were just like, what is going on? We almost walked out. Because I feel like the people love the musical, too. I just don't really love those, like, phone it in pre-existing material from bands and turn it into a musical types of shows. Mm. I'm not really into those. And this this was no exception. <laughs> okay, next, Phantom of the Opera from 2004. I'm going to go Nam here. I'm going to go Bomb here. I don't love this one. I don't know why I love the music so much. And Gerard Butler in a musical is an odd choice, but I do like Emmy Rossum. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. This is a nom for me. Nom for me, too. Moulin Rouge. I'm going to say this is my favorite on this list, so nom for me. Oh, okay. Wow. It's also a nom for me. I do really like it. It's great. Not the musical, just the movie. <laughs> oh. You and McGregor in this movie was an awakening for me of sorts. Oh, all of them. Yes. <laughs> Cabaret. Nom. Easy. I'm going to say bomb. You are so disrespectful. I cannot... <laughs> This is a five-star film. Maybe four and a half. Next up, we have nine. I do like some of these songs, but I'm going to say bomb again. Do you like Fergie telling you to be Italian? (laughs) Isn't Um, it crazy that Daniel Day-Lewis was in a movie with Fergie? Right? We need to talk about that more. (laughs) And Marion. And Nicole. And Sophia. There's so many, so many great people in this movie, but it is also a bomb for me. And Kate Hudson, I do like. (laughs) I do like Marion's song, My Husband Makes Movies, and Unusual Way, performed by Nicole Kidman. Just like the choices. (laughs) Maybe I'll watch this again. I haven't seen it since it came out, and it feels like it could be a fun, a fun journey. One we included on a recent Nam or Bomb, Mamma Mia. Nam, I love it. Nam again, yes. Into the Woods. I'm going to say bomb here. I'm also going to say bomb. I really, really struggled with this. Mm -hmm. This was one of those two where I feel like a lot of these movie musicals, they will just put famous movie stars into a lot of these Broadway parts, and it doesn't exactly work. No, but it gets nominations. Oh, yeah. Rob Marshall's had such a rocky career, but basically all of his movies have been Oscar nominees. Next up is Rent. This is a bomb. Yeah. Bomb for me, too. Cats. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't seen. Really? There's no world where I imagine myself saying nom, though. So (laughs) I think you should watch it. I just want you to experience it. I think at this point, it's becoming like this cult movie, and I (laughs) may watch it. (laughs) It's also a bomb for me. I saw this in theaters, and... I knew it was bad at this point. I just wanted to experience it. And there was a part where <laughs> near the end, Judy Dench is like being very serious. 
my entire theater just one person started laughing and then another person started laughing and then we were all like oh, no. cry laughing without <laughs> being able to control it through the whole ending of this movie i love that it was great <laughs> how about la la land nom nom for me sweeney todd also a nom for me i did just recently watch this after our 2007 episode and i will also okay. say nom i really liked it oh good yeah some really good music. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see this on Broadway, but didn't get to. From Justin to Kelly, which is, I don't know if this is a musical adaptation, but I haven't seen it either. <laughs> you haven't seen this? No. Oh my God. Well, it's a bomb. I think a soft spot in my heart, but a bomb for sure. I guess we could call this like an American Idol adaptation film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, before we get into the new ones, High School Musical. I don't know if I've seen this whole movie or not. I feel like I've said this multiple times. I've seen for parts High of musical? it. High School Musical? Like Breaking Free, yeah. I will say Nam for High School Musical 3, though. Oh, I like 2 a lot. 3 I saw in theaters. It, was, it had a theatrical wow. run. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was graduating from 8th grade that year. It's very dramatic. Um, I'll say Nam. Okay. And now we have a few we're going to nom or bomb based on the trailers that have come out and how we think the movie is going to be. So first off, we have Tick, Tick, Boom, which was another Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. I'll say nom. I'm really intrigued by this. I'll say nom too. The teaser trailer was very well done. To me, reads like a Rent prequel because it's about the screenwriter Jonathan Larson. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about this, though. I don't know much about it either, so I'm kind of going in blind, which I think is exciting. And I love Andrew Garfield, so it'll be fun. Okay. Dear Evan Hansen. I'm almost embarrassed to say nom, but every time I watch this trailer, I am a puddle. Oh my god. They played it before my In the Heights mm-hmm. screening. It's just the music I really love, but I have a feeling the movie is going to be really cheesy. I'm going to say bomb. I think it's going to be really interesting when more people realize what Dear Evan Hansen is about because I think Mm -hmm. right now like most people haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen because it was on Broadway and the subject matter and the way that it ends is a little tricky and I feel that when more people go see it they're going to have problems with it. I'm very scared about this ending and if they change it yeah I shouldn't say anymore. It's just funny during the trailer also, when I see Amy Adams, and I'm like, Yeah, oh. I know. It's like, why is she doing this? <laughs> Next is West Side Story. I'm going to say Nam because I'm hopeful, but I'm, I am really scared because this is my favorite movie musical ever. So I'm really, mm-hmm. really terrified, but I'll say Nam. I will say I really noticed Ariana DeBose when I saw the trailer before in the Heights, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really excited for her performance. I'll say Nam as well. I liked some of the shots from the trailer. So I'm hoping Spielberg does it justice. Yeah. I'm scared because I heard that the new one doesn't have the Jerome Robinson choreography, which is really beautiful in their original. So I'm really, really wondering how that's going to turn out. But I'm excited for it. We'll see. And lastly, Annette. I'm going to say Nam. I've been wanting to see this for too long. Even if it's bad, I'm going to enjoy it, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I'm also going to say Nam. The trailer caused me to have like minor heart palpitations, so um, 
I'm very, very excited to see this and can't wait to see Adam, of course, but also Marion and another Leos Carrick's movie. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So In the Heights, currently in theaters, also on HBO Max for the next month. Definitely go see it. I think it's the movie of the summer, the musical of the year. Just such a great experience. And there's so much culture and energy. It's electric. It's got amazing music. It's just, I think, a good movie for the entire family. If you want to go alone, anything. Yeah. Almost everyone that I've talked to that has seen this movie really enjoyed it. And Mm -hmm. if you can go see it in a theater, go see it in a theater. This movie needs that box office and... The experience seeing it in a theater is so much fun, and experiencing it with a crowd makes it all the more enjoyable. And then you can rewatch it or listen to the music on HBO Max. (laughs) So for our next episode, and because it's cancer season, we are going to be talking about two movies that came out in the summer that also have the same actress who has been Oscar-nominated for one of these films. So because we're having fun, we chose Toni Collette, and she was nominated in Supporting Actress for The Sixth Sense. And we're also going to watch another movie that we think she should have been nominated for, which is Hereditary, a little summer horror here with two movies that I think are both really phenomenal and like you mentioned cancer season where she has very interesting takes on the mother role i can't wait for this thank you all for listening to this episode follow us at oscar wild pod on twitter and instagram thank you all for listening we'll see you next time 